We've been uh, we've been together since the semester started in a couple of weeks now, but excited about this team, um, really because of the, the the players within the team, uh, watching them grow and, and improve and come out in the fall on a mission, and uh, that just that hunger and that drive and um, just it just hasn't stopped. And just watching watching a, a group of guys that have just been very very. Uh, persistent and intent on getting better and on on earning our way as we go through this start of this preseason into the season and just continuing to get better it's just what we see as a coaching staff we see guys that are just are just very driven right now and uh, so expect to have a great training session today another great one tomorrow another great one the next day and just keep on this path of of steady growth and improvement and so we can earn the opportunity to get hot at the end and be one of those teams that is competing to be the last team standing. So um, we have no excuses. We, uh, we feel like we've got, got enough pieces and uh, really excited to see how these pieces come together over the next few weeks leading up to the start of the season and then seeing how, these, how it all evolves and how the roster uh, continues to, to, to take shape uh, as we figure out you know, who goes where and establish roles as the season continues. We're, we've never been, uh, at least personally, never been a, a believer in the opening day lineup's going to match the end of the end of the year lineup. There's, I've actually never even seen that. Uh, always seen, you know, a fluid situation because things happen and guys improve and guys get opportunities. So really, really excited to watch how this evolves and watch us go and, and grow and, and, uh, and get knocked down and get back up and, you know, really show what the identity of Clemson baseball team 127 is uh, throughout the course of this entire season. What impact do you think uh, Will Taylor hunting football, so to speak, and devoting himself full-time to baseball will have in his game? Well, I, I, I think it's, it's all going to be positive. You know, every time I've talked about Will Taylor, I've talked about this is the first time in his life that he has specialized in baseball. You know, and it, if if we had a couple more hours right now, we'd talk about how bad of an idea it is for young kids to sport specialize, you know, at a young age. And Will Taylor is who he is, the explosive athlete that he is because he was an athlete first and he sports sampled and he played football and baseball and wrestled and other sports. And it has uh, helped him become this dynamic player. Uh, and now that he is, uh, he is exclusively focusing on, on baseball, um, just seen, you know, just another another level of his progression um, because he has the time to devote to it. So excited for him. Really appreciate his family, their willingness to give up a full scholarship in football uh, to have no scholarship in baseball. And they talked about um, the gratitude that they have for Clemson University, for Coach Sweeney, the football staff, the people here who have enriched his life. Uh, and they were willing to to make that sacrifice financially for what you know is an investment into his future, and, uh, because I think everybody recognizes that baseball he's got a he's got a very bright future in baseball. So uh, really appreciate you know the Will Taylor uh, the Taylor family uh, and and what Willie Taylor means to our program and the leadership that he exudes when he's out here. What are the key attributes that you see in him as a baseball player? Well, he's got all five tools. 
you know, people, scouts, this grading system of the five tools, hit, hit for power, run, field, throw, he can do it all. Uh, there's nothing that, that he lacks. He's, he's you know, uh, good in everything. And uh, guys who are usually good in, in everything are, end up being great players. And so he's just uh, very consistent. I was extremely impressed last year for a guy who's never sport, uh, specialized or specialized in baseball and didn't have half the year's worth of repetitions to come out and have the plate decisions discipline that he had. Uh, plate decisions is one of the things that we value. You know, the ability to swing at strikes and take balls and make good decisions at the plate. And for a guy who missed the entire fall in terms of seeing live pitches to come out and almost be uh, in, a, in an in-season form of uh, making really good decisions at the plate, I think is a big part of his game and allows him to play at the top of his ability level consistently. Who are some of the names you see buying for spots in the starting rotation? Who? Well, everyone that started in the past. Um, so guys that were in the weekend rotation last year at one point or another, Austin Gordon, Tristan Smith, Ethan Darden, Joe Allen, Billy Barlow, Rocco Reed. Um, you know, I mean, that's, we feel like we've got some good options there. The transfer, Matt Marshall, um, started a lot in his career. Oh, it feels like I'm missing somebody as well. Um, but yeah, we feel really good about the, uh, the depth uh, of the pitching staff on the starting end and feel just as good about the depth of the bullpen as well, working from back to front. Tristan Smith specifically, how have you seen him grow uh, come into year two? Good, really good. He's uh, he went out and well, he had got great experience for us, simply because he pitched in a multitude of roles. He's a starter, he's a closer, he's a high leverage reliever. Uh, so having that, that's that's you know that's tough because we very few college programs, you know, especially at our level, you don't really recruit relievers out of high school. You're always recruiting starting pitching, and so it's a high school kid to come in and learn how to be a reliever and then learn how to be a high leverage reliever where, hey, we need you, you know, in five minutes to be ready to go when normally it takes 50 minutes as a starter to get. So it's it's a it's a process that, you know, it's tough for freshmen that have never done it before to learn how to do that, but then to excel in, the, in those roles and get the experience in those roles. And then for him, the next step was going out in the summer and pitch very well in the Cape Cod League was the second half all-star and pitched really, really well. And I think that's just a any any kid that does that. Um, and we had a few all-stars from the summer and in position players as well. But the confidence boost you get from that is is huge. And um, and so he's brought a lot of confidence and a lot of uh, another year of experience, another birthday. So he is uh, he is poised to to make the jump, and we have every expectation that he'll be, you know the front of the rotation type guy. Canarello was a freshman who's going to play. Were there any freshmen that separated themselves in the fall? What we've seen of the freshmen is that we've got some really explosive, athletic newcomers that are going to provide a spark. Um, Jaron Purify and Devin Parks, you know, stand out of the position players uh, of the freshmen. And those guys are going to be stars and household names, and 
those are guys that I would I would guess would um, you know might even find their way into the lineup when it's all said and done pretty consistently. Uh, there is a a laundry list of pitchers that have made incredible uh, impressions from the fall from Aiden Canock and Justin Lagernick through Titsworth. Um, all of them, really. I mean, my gosh, it's it's one of the more impressive freshman groups of pitchers uh, that that I've seen. Uh, feel really good about the future of these guys. Finding them innings is going to be very important. Um, there's just a lot of it's just a lot of experience out there now. They they have some stuff too now. They they just don't have the experience. But we're going to try to get them experience, and there's going to be some names that are in that mix. Uh, some guys that were extremely impressive of that freshman group that it's going to be hard to keep them out, you know, off the field, uh, whether it's Devin and Jaron or, you know, Aiden Canock and Justin Lagernick and Drew Titsworth. We're, we're going to have to find ways to get them out there for sure. Offensively, losing a good amount of production. Um, outside of Cam and Will and Blake, who are some of the guys that are going to be turning heads, at least so far through uh, spring practice, that you're going to be relying on um, offensively? Well, it's a, a combination of guys who've been in the program, who got their feet wet last year, like Jack Crichton and Nate Hall, guys who've been patient in our program. I would have J Jacob Gerald, Jack Crichton, Nate Hall, Jacob Gerald, all had their moments last year and got, got good amounts of playing time. Guys who didn't get playing time but have been patient in the program, like Cooper Blauser and Nolan Araki, uh, those guys went out and were all-stars in their summer leagues and have been very impressive. Uh, and then it's the, all the new guys, the grad transfers, Jimmy Overtop, Jacob Hinderleiter, Andrew Chufo. Uh, those guys those guys have to play as well. Alden Mathis is going to play. He's got to be out there. He can play first or the outfield. So it's it's uh, another good problem to have because there's, there's probably 13 or 14 hitters that need to get consistent playing time, and we can only write nine in the lineup. So that's going to be a challenge for the coaches to uh, not only to make sure that you know, we, we are we are giving guys opportunities, but making sure that everybody stays positive and loves the team more than they love their individual role. Uh, but that's going to be a tough one. That's a real threat for us is we've got a very good team, but how are we going to get everybody out there? As far as NIL, how close are you to being where you want to be or need to be from a, like a fundraiser standpoint? How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> I'm glad you asked the question though, because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a system that it feels like the, the goalposts keep moving, the thing, everything keeps changing, and it's just a, for an equivalency sport. I don't know how many times I can talk about this. Not enough, but if you're an equivalency sport, if you're baseball, softball, soccer, anyone who's not full scholarship, NIL, the NIL dollars are not the same for equivalency sport athletes as they are for headcount athletes. And I think everybody just needs to understand that, that NIL for equivalency sport athletes, those dollars are going to paying the cost of attendance because those athletes are on 25%, 30%, 40%, 50%. They're on a partial scholarship. So they need NIL dollars to cover, to pay their bills. It's not pay for play, it's pay their bills. And the problem with that is NIL is considered income. And so they're taxed on those dollars. Whereas if you get a scholarship, scholarship is not income. You're not taxed on your scholarship. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge disadvantage for equivalency sport athletes. And 
until either the scholarship limits are increased or removed or the IRS says that you're tax exempt up to the cost of attendance for NIL, then we're going to continue to be at, at equivalency sport athletes are going to continue to be at that disadvantage. And I would encourage them, as much as you hear them clapping out there today, we need that type of energy among equivalency sport athletes to, you know, make some noise about that, right? I mean, why, why wouldn't they? Um, and so for us specifically as as a program to answer your question um, you know we're looking to the goal for us is to be a headcount sport to use NIL to provide the opportunity for 40 players to say that they can come to Clemson and not have bills to pay for cost of attendance so we have 11.7 scholarships as everybody knows which means 11.7 guys are on scholarship and 28.3 guys are not so for us, when we're going out and we're looking to fundraise and we're looking to, you know, what can we do in the NIL space, that's the starting point. Is we want to be able to have everybody that comes and plays here at least have their bills covered for what they owe for cost of attendance. And then if somebody goes out and does it and, you know, and they want to monetize their name, image, and likeness and a business wants to, you know, wants to employ them to, to market or advertise or help them sell whatever and they have an opportunity to monetize their name image and likeness well that was the original design of name image and likeness and so I, I think that's great is that goal currently within reach for you guys we got a long ways to go I mean a long ways to go um, so we 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 Clemson have our challenges um, as, as does everyone uh, but yeah, we got a long ways to go to get to that level, but we'll we'll need the help of you know the Clemson faithful, and we already have had a lot of people showing interest and uh, wanting to step up, and I think it's more this unification of this of these efforts. Um, One Ten Society was launched. We've got some very bright people in the, our administration working on it, uh, and so everybody knows what the problems are. And the great thing I really appreciate here is the solution-oriented mindset of, you know, how can we make this a great thing for our student-athletes at Clemson? The student-athletes are going to have to be active participants in it. There's no question about that. Any time for one or two more? Anybody has any? You had a really successful, obviously, a year one here at Clemson. How do you build off that success in year two, and how are you guys going to specifically be defining uh, success here? Well, I mean, you know, Look, we don't we don't measure our success by somebody else's opinion of a of a ranking. We want to be the number one ranked team at getting better. Let's be the best at getting better, and if we can do that, then we'll be able to build off of last year's success. Ultimately, we had some you know we had some bright spots. We we have an ACC championship that we'll always be able to celebrate. But ultimately, we finished not in Omaha, and we want to take the next step for this program and to bring a national championship to Clemson University for the Clemson baseball program. Uh, and so everything that we do is about improvement so that when that time does come, many months from now, when it's time to compete in the postseason, we have earned the opportunity to get hot. Because it's not the best team who wins, it's the team that plays the best. And in order to play the best, you got to earn that opportunity to get hot when it means the most. And so we'll take each day as an opportunity to get better and let's be the best team in the country at getting better.